0: Hey guys, all right, here we are again, trying out a fun idea that we're calling the Better Together series. So for the next two weeks, we're going to focus on a specific topic or theme of the week like we did last week. This week's theme is mental health and spirituality, where some of the world's leading experts and healers teach you invaluable tools and strategies that alleviate anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. Be sure to let us know what you guys think. Hope you guys are loving it. And if you're not, tell us anyway. We wanna be better and we're only better together, right? Uh, Share it with a friend who could benefit and enjoy. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That is what we do here every single day. Our quote of the day, as I deal with my disorganized, sloppy mess of a desk right now is, don't be a slob. Yeah. That's from Maria Meninos. I have like 18 pens. I got a poodle. I got everything. All right, here we go. Our quote of the day. Whatever it is you're good at, it's time for you to turn that shit up. Turn it 10 times up for all those who need your medicine. That is from our guest today, Sahara Rose. She wrote a really great book called Discover Your Dharma. Uh, the foreword was written by the great Deepak Chopra. Uh, she's like the Deepak for the millennials mm-hmm. and she's been on the show before and has shared her wisdom and her knowledge. And I know I have followed her advice. Yeah. I'm still tongue scraping because of Sahara.
1: Amazing. But I think that's a, yeah, for the millennials, I think that makes her different than Deepak.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like
1: he's a little bit more philosophical and she's that, but then she's also, there's also practical.
0: Yeah, I don't think Deepak would say, turn that shit up. <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. But she does. Yeah, I, if I could do an Indian accent, I would try it, but I'm not good at it. It's a really cool guy. Um Welcome back, everyone, our heel squad. And of course, today, our friend Sahara Rose is going to help us, amongst other things, discover who we really are. What we're really good at, what our mission is on this planet. And that's what uh, Dharma is all about. We're going to discover our Dharma today. We all took quizzes. That's right. Um, and I think it's kind of our never ending quest, right? Is to find out who we are, try to live up to that, try to fulfill our mission here, figure out what our mission is. So um, she has some quick means to get us there that I'm really excited to share with you guys. I'm excited i'm
2: excited I'm very excited um if there's anything i've learned about 2021 it's that internet quizzes are the best way of finding out who you are
1: <laughs> oh boy steven oh boy i think <laughs> i took the quiz the skeptic no no but yes, i took the, the quiz no, no, i think that it's very broad he's he's right but 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 by having her on the show and i think just asking ourselves yeah. you know even just to ask ourselves what's our mission maria how many do any of us, do? I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I just get up, I, you know, I'm, I'm wired 20th century. Get up, work hard, make mm-hmm. money, take care of your family, be a good person. That's it. And then, but when you, when you have people like this come on and go, wait, why don't you start looking at what your mission is? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you go, wait, well, what is my mission? Oh, and maybe you're fulfilling your mission in more ways than you think. And then you go, you know what? I am actually successful. And in the bigger picture of things you know, I am doing what I'm supposed to do and I am serving what I'm, you know. So anyway, looking at her book today got me there and I know. So I'm really excited to have her on. Very important guest.
3: I am too. And I feel like taking the quiz, I don't know if you guys, I think you guys felt this way because we talked about it a little bit, but I wanted to answer like multiple things on there. So I'm interested to talk to her just kind of about how like, okay, this is my one thing. Like, does it ebb and flow? Like, and I'm sure it does, but I'll be interested to hear from her. Well, it's interesting when you take these quizzes, any kind of quiz, because mm-hmm.
0: there's only limited numbers of options and you are not a limited human. There's so many things that fit your bill. So a lot of times I'm like, well, I'm this. Well, I'm not too. You need well, I'm a not quiz too. buddy, Maria. You need a quiz buddy. A I quiz was being buddy. a shitty quiz buddy to Kevin because I was trying to multitask at the same time as he was starting his thing. And then I needed him. And so then I realized I was being a shitty quiz buddy. So I had to be a better quiz buddy. when so he was my be. quiz
3: buddy this morning. Oh,
1: Vincenza. Yeah, she yeah. was But uh, you know, you do need buddy. like another person to say, yeah. no, you're X, you're not Y. Definitely. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, it's... because yeah, you
0: battle who you want to be and some of the things you think you are. But then someone else is like, no, no, no. Someone who really knows you and is going to um, carefully represent you is um, sometimes helpful.
2: Yeah, I think the internet quizzes are, are, they're good because we're in a generation where everyone's move, 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 and it's not too much self-examination. So when there's some kind of question or some kind of tally put in front of you of like, why do you think a certain way? Or how do you think that way? Or what is it that inspires you to think this way? Yeah. It kind of leaves you to think, I had a really interesting conversation the other day about uh, wanting kids. Um, and somebody, the space. question that I was asked was, what's your motivation? And I thought it was really interesting because I never I never really thought of it that way. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you know, I want kids, but what's my motivation? So it's been, it was really a, a great deep conversation of like, what are the things that inspire me to want that? What are the things that like, aside from the genetic disposition to wanting to carry on your gene pool, like, what are the things that you literally can logically think about that make you want that? Mm-hmm. And these kind of Quizzes can do the same thing of like the self examination.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's continue on um, and start our chat with Sahara. An ancient soul in a modern body, Sahara Rose has been called a leading voice for the millennial generation into the new paradigm shift by Deepak Chopra himself. She is the best selling author of Eat, Feel Fresh, The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, A Yogic Path. Uh, She hosts the Highest Self podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. She's the founder of Rose Gold Goddesses, and she's here to remind us of our purpose so we can all embody our missions on this planet. I am very excited to chat with you, Sahara, about discovering our dharma.
4: Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Every time I'm here, it feels like I'm back home because we're Boston girls. Yes. So I'm
0: excited to be back. A Boston girl who's now in Miami, which I'm very excited. Um, next time in Miami, I will definitely um, have to hit you up and mm-hmm. go right to the beach.
4: <laughs> yes. yes, it's amazing how like a three hour flight could be such a different environment. I know. Is it only three hours from here? Well, three
0: hours between Boston and Miami. Wow. Okay, yeah. I might come tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be on come a beach on all in. weekend. Wouldn't that be nice? I'm in. Let's go. Let's Here go. Here we come, Zahara. Um. So we all took the Dharma quiz. And let's just kind of go around the room. Stephen, what were you?
2: Oh, you know I was the entrepreneur.
0: Okay. Yeah. Love it. Kevin, what were you?
1: I took it twice. Artist and then entrepreneur. <laughs>
0: okay,
3: mm. that seems very appropriate. Uh, Kelsey? I was the uh, nurturer and the warrior. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh.
0: <laughs> Free his face. Yeah, face. I was like, I-, I didn't know I was a teacher. Honey, stop making noises with the Duncan bag. Yeah, can you just drop it on the floor? I guess I can. <laughs> I'm like hearing... <laughs> okay, so you guys all had two, except for Steven. Steven was just one. I was one, the teacher. Kelsey, um, did you have
1: two because you took it twice?
3: No, I t- had two because I scrolled down. Yeah, if you scroll down, we'll show you
4: your second one. Everyone Oh, the warrior.
0: Shit, guys, I'm
1: so bad at this
3: stuff. I
0: couldn't I didn't figure it warrior out. I'm a was warrior. My number two too. And we'll
4: talk about it and I'll I'll find yours because you know when you take a quiz, it's really like a moment in time of what you decided to answer, but the right. archetypes are so much more than that. So we could dive into what each what each of them are. Yeah, let's do that.
2: I was the researcher for my second one.
4: Ah, <laughs> now we found it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us yeah. So your Dharma is your soul's purpose. It's the big reason why you are here. And it's not just what you do, but it's more how and why you do it. So think of your Dharma, like your mission statement, your Dharma can be to bring beauty to this world or to connect women to their bodies or to help people in their relationships or to connect people back to nature. So this is like our overarching mission statement. Now, underneath that mission statement are the services, right? So these are different careers you can have, roles you can play, projects, jobs, et cetera. So your dharma is not just one project or one role or one definition of who you are, but it's really the red thread that connects everything that you do. So in my own journey of trying to understand my purpose and discover it, what really helped me was to break it down into archetypes. So archetypes are essentially personality types like if you think about astrology or enneagram or myers Brig, these are all archetypes so we could see okay if i am you know a scorpio there's a certain characteristic with that or a seven in the enneagram etc so when writing um, my book discover your dharma i came up with these nine dharma archetypes so these are archetypes that relate to your purpose so one of the ones you just got is the teacher. Mm -hmm. So the teacher's dharma is here to share knowledge. Mm. If you are a teacher, you're someone that goes through life learning lessons and those lessons, the way that you transmute them is through sharing them with other people. So, you know, in your own journey, you've gone through these different health issues and now you're sharing them with others and creating this platform, which is very much you and your teacher archetype. So People who are teachers just have this natural ability to find the lesson and everything they're experiencing and Mm. be like, okay, what is this teaching me? And how can I now share this with other people? So you're kind of going to go through life being guided by what you're experiencing right now and how that is going to take you to what you're going to share. So I don't know if you felt like this, but a lot of times um, teachers, when they're children, to learn about a subject, they would teach it to others. Yes. Like if you're like, did you do that? Like that's a very teacher thing. Oh my God, this just
0: nailed me, (laughs) like nailed me because I feel like, um, I have felt, and definitely it's gotten stronger and stronger. Like my purpose is to go through, you know, if this is going to be me being just like candid, like, and you know, whatever, it's like, go through the shit, figure it out and then share how I figured it out. So every time I'm in a, a tragedy or a tough time, I'm like, okay. I gotta just figure it out. This is why this is probably happening to me, right? Like, that's how I feel. I feel like I get thrown more of the curveballs and some of the challenges so that I can help overcome them.
4: Yeah, because you are prepared for it. Your soul knows how to overcome them and then like find the core things that shift Like even your book about your health and wellness and recipes, you're like, I went on this massive health and fitness journey and here's how I can now share it with you. So you're always gonna be able to find the gems of your experience and being able to like put that in a way that someone else can understand, taking Mm -hmm. the intangible into the tangible, pass it along to others and then you'll be guided to the next thing. So whatever you're learning becomes that thing that you teach and that's really how you're going to go through life so that is part of your dharma to be sharing that type of knowledge and information and each of the archetypes have their light and their shadow side as well shadow side being like some of the negative traits that can come up so the light of the teachers obviously we've always needed teachers you know from school teachers to spiritual teachers to fitness teachers and everything in between we wouldn't be able to learn without them now, the shadow side of being a teacher is sometimes you really care so much about that thing that you learned, but others don't. Mm. So like there could be that disconnect of like, this thing really matters. And like, I want to talk all about it and share with you. And the person might be like, "Uh, okay, or, you know, so it's really up to the teacher to find that nuance of when is the student open to be receiving that information and not trying to like lecture them. You know, we can all think of like that history professor who's like lecturing and lecturing and lecturing and disconnecting from the people that they are teaching it to. So it's up to the teacher to always be able to like read the room and understand how is that person receiving the information and be able to cater to their learning style. So cool. Yeah. That's my secondary archetype too. So, you know, podcast hosts, um, school teachers, fitness teachers, yoga teachers, these are all people who are embodying that teacher archetype. So if you relate to this, know that you're meant to be teaching things. Now, the second one that you got was the warrior. The warrior's dharma is here to protect and lead. So they are here to really be the voice for the voiceless, to champion the underdog. to, you know, be the person who's going to stand up and, and set that boundary. This is what's right. This is what I stand for. So we've always had warriors in society and Greek mythology, you know, from Athena, Indian mythology to Durga, we've always had these characteristics of like the empowered woman who protects her children. And that's really what that warrior energy is all about. So oftentimes in their careers, they'll end up doing something that they're serving the underdog, whether it's joining the police force or being a politician or um, being an activist or some sort of person who's able to protect. And you may not be doing this in your career, but it's something that you still really resonate with and care about. So a strong example of this is the politician AOC, Alexandria Octavio-Cortez. So she was one of the youngest Congress people, but what people really loved about her was She was willing to stand up. She was willing to speak out about injustice and really protect the disenfranchised. And that was really through her warrior energy. So, that's the gift of the warrior to be able to stand up for the just cause. Now, the shadow side of the warrior is sometimes they can be so quick to take action. They have this really strong moral compass of, like, this is wrong. I'm going to get in there. And sometimes you don't have the full picture, all Mm. of the shades of gray that go in between things. So, you know, that friend that you're like, someone who's mean to me, you're, they're like, give me their number. Mm-hmm. Like they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe they haven't heard how you partaked in the situation. So it's up to the warrior to sit back, get more information, and then also being able to use their energy in a way that it's conductive. Sometimes warriors are just like, you know, they just kinda like want to get in it. They just want to fight. So it's up to them to realize when is this really worth my energy? When is it actually creating change? So do you resonate with some of those warrior aspects?
0: For sure. I I've always felt like I was a protector. Um, like when I worked in entertainment news, I quickly realized that I was there to kind of protect them and help them, especially in like the crazy gossipy age. Um and and I you know we have a favorite wrestler his name is Brock Lesnar so Kevin tells me I take people to suplex city sometimes like if you there's only been a few people that have gone to suplex city but if you um are crossing the line and hurting people i love it's verbal um, there are no expletives involved. And, and it's if you know just... Brock
1: Lesnar, he only wrestles the big shows, the big pay-per-views. He doesn't do it every week. Yeah. So that's why it's perfect. So <laughs> yeah. when Maria comes out and takes you to Suplex City, it's only a couple of times a year. Yeah. It's I've a...
0: got my method of like, you know, discussing with you what went on. We have
1: to let the other person get their spots in. Yeah,
0: they get their spots in and then, you know, you basically let them know <laughs> how wrong they were and how this isn't going to be tolerated. But I... I'd only come out for pay per views. <laughs>
1: I can't we do it all the time. You only have her b- out for pay per views. I don't enjoy yeah.
0: doing it, but when someone needs protecting, I will protect. And so I definitely resonate with that. And I resonate with the, the shadow side of it because I used to, in my younger days, just jump in, like you said. And then, so like Kelsey would tell me, like, you know, Steven did this and this and this. And then I'd go, like, Steven. What, what are you doing? And then he'd be like, well, she did this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, fuck, Kelsey, oh, you didn't tell me the whole story. Now I went to him and I yelled at him or whatever. So I've learned my lesson to accrue more of the information. And I've also quieted my warrior in certain ways mm-hmm. in the kind of, in the ways where I feel like we're in a time where we will never really have the full story. So um, I don't find it my place to to really stand up right now because I don't feel like I'm getting the full story ever. And so I've just kind of sat back and said, that's not my purpose right now. My purpose is this. This is where I want to live. This is where emotionally I need to stay right now to stay mentally healthy. And so I've walked away a little bit from that part of it over here. Um, and so I kind of recognized that I needed that.
4: Mm. Mm, And that's a really healthy warrior there to know I'm able to step into that archetype when I need to, Mm -hmm. when there's injustice happening. A lot of times women, that's like the archetype they never want to step into. You want to be a people pleaser. You just want to like pretend everything's okay and not speak your truth because you don't want to rock the boat too much. So a lot of women, their last archetype is warrior. So when they're in situations that they're being taken advantage of or boundaries need to be set, they don't know how to channel that warrior. So I feel like it's having access to all of the archetypes and especially to your warrior as a woman to be able to like have that boundary and stand up for yourself and know how to choose your battles or only do it on pay-per-view, you know, (laughs) only wait for the the high ticket. (laughs) It's true. What was your first one? You said your second
0: was um, teacher. What was your first one?
4: So my first one, my first one is the visionary. Uh, So the visionary is really here to channel the new paradigm. Mm. They are big picture oriented. They're looking out the future. Where is the future heading? So their gift is their communication, their charisma, their language, their ability to bring people to a higher way of seeing the world so a lot of spiritual teachers and authors and people like that will have that visionary archetype of just inspiring people you know um, a peer teacher is more here's the information let me share it with you whereas a pure visionary would be like let me bring you to an elevated state and from that place you will know how to take action so there's a little bit of an energetic Mm. difference there so an example of a visionary is Barack Obama. You know, he had this beautiful ability to use his voice and his speech and his charisma to bring people around this cause, whether you agree with him politically or not, he was definitely a really powerful speaker. Mm -hmm. Another great example is Martin Luther King. I have a dream. Let me share with you this idea I have for the future and draw you to a higher understanding. So that's really what the visionary is all about. We've always had them in our society from the priest in the village to... Are astrologers and different people who've allowed us to see a new way of being. So it's very important for us to have that inspiration, especially in times like this. So if you resonate with being the visionary, you probably love to share. You're probably always inspiring your friends. You probably really have a gift of your communication and written word. I think you, Maria, have a lot of visionary archetype in you as well of, you know, taking people from this entertainment world and seeing, allowing them to see a higher way of living and that there's so much more than the glitz and the glamour, but really. Tuning into what's happening inside. And of course, you have the gift of communication and using your voice. So I see you, you know, continuing to create a lot of change through your visionary. Now, the shadow aspect of the visionary, similarly to the teacher is sometimes you may see something that the other person may not be ready for Mm -hmm. so i don't know if you've ever given someone advice that they're like i don't agree with that why would you say that and then maybe a couple months later we're like oh thank you i wasn't ready to hear it at the time so the visionary really needs to use discernment you know not just like every idea you have just like blurted out to that person but again Notice, are they in a space to receive this? And how can you bring them to a higher place for them to come up with their own conclusions versus you telling them that? Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. You know, Kevin's definitely visionary and he's sitting there with a scowl because I don't think anybody ever gets him because <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's usually 10 years ahead of everybody
1: else. Now, you know what I do? So now I say, remember, we had this conversation. That's what I do now. So then five or 10 years later, I can go, I uh, 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 remember when I said <laughs> this was going to happen. Could, do you, are you familiar? Have you ever heard the statement, um, Sarah, um, that a prophet is is never esteemed in his own time?
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: and I think what I'd love you to speak to is so when you think of Martin Luther King, he was shot and killed. You mm-hmm. think of Gandhi, he was killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we well, we I think Barack Obama has been murdered by you know the media and the public co- considering who he is and what he did and who he still is. You know, can you speak to when you're a visionary, you really are going to open yourself up to mm-hmm. a, 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 not only you'll have your shadow self, but the shadows of everyone else. Right, mm-hmm. like it's not a, it's not as sexy and fun. Not an easy road, right? Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that? And because how to, you're how seeing to,
0: stuff that no one else is seeing. Well, and I
1: think for a lot of people out there who listen, especially you have a lot of women listeners, Maria. So a lot of moms have this amazing intuition. You're women; mm-hmm. you just have mm-hmm. this. I always have to ask women around me, like, well, what's really going on? And you guys just have this like spider sense, and it's fantastic. And so there's a little bit of visionary, a lot of visionary there. So can you advise us on how? how you cope with the, the all the darkness that comes with it. Because, you know, people don't necessarily love our, we don't celebrate our visionaries like we should in a society
2: often. Mm.
4: Yeah, I love that you brought that up. So if you are having these visions, know that it's coming to you for a reason. It's not accidental. It's not a curse. It's not something that you should try to bog down and just try to be normal like everyone else. Your soul in some sort of way chose this. You are ready for this. You are meant to be a messen a messenger for this wisdom. Now, of course, read the room. Make sure you're safe when you do it. However, the only way the world has shifted is through these visionaries expressing that vision. You know, if it remains in the attic of your mind for eternity, how is that message going to make it to the world? I believe that Ideas are universal and they're going to land on the people who are meant and have the capacity to bring them into our physical reality. So essentially your dreams are dreaming you back. And the very reason that you have these dreams is because they are gifted to you because you are the ideal messenger to bring them to life.
0: Write that shit down. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I think that's the thing that a lot of people have a hard time with, right? Is... It's so easy to just scoff at something mm-hmm. that came to you, and but it's coming to you for a reason. Like I said early on, I realized at some point, and I've had this conversation with a few friends where I am like, I think this stuff happens because I am supposed to figure it out and share it with mm-hmm. people because I am a communicator and I have um, a connection with people that they, you know, they they trust in that I can share this information with. And she was like, yeah. She's like, I feel like this too, those Patty Penn, the Reiki healer, and I had that conversation most recently together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you're right. These ideas land in different people for a reason, because they're the ones who are going to be able to take it over the goal line, or they're the ones who are going to translate it properly. Um, You know, I was watching a video of Jack Ma yesterday, who created Alibaba, and, you Mm -hmm. know, he had this idea, this vision to do this thing with the internet, and people were like, what's the internet? And... You know, and no one believed in him, but he kept pushing forward and then created the most insane thing ever. And so, you know, it's, it's coming to you for a reason. And I do believe that. And I love that. Okay, so we've got the warrior, the teacher, the visionary.
4: Mhm. Yes, and and with that topic, you know, all of these archetypes too were chosen by our souls to support our dharmas. So you were born with the right amount of visionary, teacher, warrior and the rest of the ones that we'll talk about to embody this purpose. So so many times we question our truth, we question what it is that we're good at. We feel like maybe we don't really naturally have any talents or gifts or anything to share. But, you know, I don't dream about new forms of architecture or new forms of medicine, but I guarantee you an architect or a doctor is. So those very ideas that you have, those inclinations and all of those experiences that you've gone through, they're your soul's curriculum to now allow you to embody this purpose. So when you really look back on things, they often make sense. But when you're in them, it's kind of like walking in the dark and you can only see the next couple steps ahead. So trust that you were designed for your dharma. It doesn't have to feel like a force. In fact, living your dharma is being the most natural expression of who you are. And these ideas, it comes from a place of ease rather than push. I feel like Mm. the self-help space has been so about like motivate yourself to like do the thing and self-improvement as if you're not already whole. You know, we have to understand that we're not even a mind and a body to improve, but rather we are a soul to know. So instead of thinking that you are broken and you need to be fixed and you need to be better and turn into this other archetype, because, you know, Martin Luther King changed the world, so I should do that too. But he was prepared to live his dharma just as you are prepared to live yours. So all you got to do is just continue to listen and say yes.
0: Wow. Yeah, there was, um, I mean, I marked up so much stuff in this book. It was crazy, but I was sharing with everybody at the top of the show This line that happiness is not your purpose. Happiness is a byproduct of living your purpose. And what I found so interesting about all of this is that I think a lot of us don't know our purpose. And that's what leads to that disconnection and that misalignment or whatever you call it or just that feeling of just unhappiness because you're not living your purpose and you don't even know you're supposed to have a purpose. So that's Mm -hmm. why this show is so important Mm -hmm. today, because I want everyone to know that you do have a purpose. And Sahara is going to help you find what that purpose is so that you can open it up. And I think, you know, once you find yourself and you realize that you do have a unique set of gifts, like I said earlier, if you had, you know, woken up one day and said, well, who am I to be an Ayurvedic, you know, teacher and, and, and thought leader on this, like there's Deepak Chopra, and there's all these other people, why me? Well, because there, there's already a Coke and a Pepsi out there, you know, mm-hmm. um, then you wouldn't have come and reached us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there there doesn't have to just be one of anything. And and depending on what you choose to do with your Dharma, um, whether your impact is felt by masses or just your community or just your family, then you've done your job.
4: Mm hmm. Absolutely. I think so often we feel like living our purposes are, it's a selfish act. Who am I to do that? Or, you know, my family sacrificed for me, so I should sacrifice back for them. And we have all of these stories that it's selfish to be happy. It's selfish to be living in alignment when the polar opposite is true. You know, if I, and I had all of those fears and doubts times a thousand, right? But if I let them get in my way, this book wouldn't be out. This conversation wouldn't be happening. And all of the ripples of the people who now have discovered they're meant to create that preschool or that new way of eating or, or whatever else the thing is, it wouldn't be activated. So it's really this domino effect that when each person awakens and actualizes their dharma, they awaken all of those around them to do the same. So we actually don't realize the responsibility we even have to be living our dharmas and in fact keep it to yourself is really the most selfish act because the world can only come into balance when each of us is living in alignment with our dharmas. Ooh,
0: yeah. I read that in here. I thought that was really powerful too. Mm-hmm. We're all here to balance out the universe with our purpose and with our dharma. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it makes yes, so much sense amazing. About, and about families too, because a lot of us feel like, you know, they, they're we were, they were lower middle class or middle class and they put, or even upper and they put us through school And then we don't want to let them down. So we want to, you know, be a lawyer.
0: I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy, Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. to do anything else it is incredible i love it frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com and enter the promo code Heel squad for 15 percent off any product that's the way t-h-e-o-u-a-i.com promo code heal squad trust me you won't regret
1: it your doctor this is the path i was pushed into and um so i really do understand that but i what i as i coach parents now i'll always say to them did you not work like you killed yourself to do all this stuff for them. Am I right about that? Yes, I did. I worked three jobs or two. Okay, great. But did you not do it so they could have something more than you? And not more like in terms of cars, but more in terms of choice and opportunity. Sometimes I'll even go so far as to say, what did you really want to do? Mm-hmm. I know you're, you're X, Y, and Z, but what do you, oh, I really wanted to be a lawyer. I really wanted to be this. My dad wanted to be a lawyer. When he do you want really? to admit it to Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, so you know what? Like Now... I get a chance to do what I want to do, but didn't you pave the way? He said, yeah, that makes sense. And so, yeah, it, I think that really hits a lot with a lot of people because we do feel we don't want to let mom and dad down. I think there's some of that's good because, you know, it's nice to have, uh, you know, somebody kind of pushing you. But at mm-hmm. the same time, like, yeah, I get what you, I totally hear what you're saying, uh, you know, especially with a lot of ethnic families, too. It's like, no, it's like doctor, lawyer, business person, nothing else. <laughs> Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. I mean, we really all stand on our parents' shoulders, right? And they're able to reach a certain point so we can just begin there and go off. And I can only hope that future generations will not even know what the world could be like with people not living their dharma. I hope it's just like, of course, I'm going to, you know, end world hunger. That's just what I'm doing. And just nothing stops you because we were born to be living that. And, you know, when we really look at it, it kind of comes down to Maslow's hierarchy, the hierarchy of needs. So the most basic need is survival. If I don't feel like I'm safe to survive, I can't focus on my dharma. Like I, I just need to put a roof over my head. So for a lot of us, my parents as well, being immigrants, it was focused on survival. Mm-hmm. There was no questioning right. my deeper purpose in humanity. Yep. It was just, right. how am I going to make ends meet? Yep. And then once you have those needs met, it goes to your wants. You know, what maybe, maybe I do want like a more luxury car, maybe I do want a bigger house or a TV or, or vacations or whatever that thing is. So sometimes they'll reach that level. Now, if we were so fortunate enough to have our survival needs and even many of our wants met, the next place we're going to go is self actualization questioning our deeper reasoning in in society and how we can be of service. So yes, living your dharma is a privilege. Most of the world is not questioning this. And because we have this privilege, we have this responsibility to be doing so, to be able to create the solutions to the world's problems that only we have the space from this place right now to be able to even think about.
0: So neat. Okay, what's our fourth dharma? Hmm.
4: Yes. So the fourth Dharma archetype is the artist. So the artist is really here to bring beauty to the world. So they are someone that everything they do is going to have an essence of beauty to it from their social media feeds to their outfits, their home. Like you can always tell it's theirs, right? We can all kind of think of this person in mind, or maybe you are that person and you really care about the look and the feel and the texture and the small details. So the artist archetype is really receiving information from so many different places. So they can be very, very energetically sensitive, loud noises, crowded places. It may be too much for them because they're picking up on so much. So artists often need a lot of space to themselves and can kind of be hermity. They're someone that whatever they go through, they will transmute it into art. So you go through a breakup, you turn into poetry or you're in your old house and you like start, you know, making collages out of things. That's just how you express and see the world. So thinking of Frida Kahlo, you know, what a profound artist, but we could see her signature style like in her home, in her outfit and in her dress, everything that she did had that Frida touch to it. Now we could also see the shadow aspects of the archetype in her as in also in Picasso and many other artists. So the artists can get really wrapped up in their emotions and they can be very in their heads and not enough in their bodies. So things may feel very, very overwhelming for them and it could even turn into manic depressive periods. So that's why a lot of artists throughout society have even created their best art from that place. And that can actually create an addiction to pain and suffering because you feel like, well, that's my muse, so I need to continue to put myself in these situations for me to find the art from it. So the artist's work is to really connect back to their bodies and realize that their lives, their lives don't have to be so dramatic to be able to create art from it. Wow. Yes. Do you resonate with any of that artist oh, archetype? Kevin does. My yeah. goodness.
1: Yeah. yeah. You you never thought of that, like you know, because your pain. You're, you you oh, know, it's an old cliche, but it's true. You write from pain. Mm -hmm. you create from pain and it's like but then you get rewarded for the school creation Mm -hmm. (laughs) so obviously you want more pain so that makes it's your drug i mean by the way look at hemingway at the end he blew his head off i mean you know it was drinking and this and that and but oh my goodness wow yes
4: yeah and and to know that art can also come out of beauty it can come out of ease and joy and harmony in your lives i think that pain is such an easy point for us to all universally access like mm-hmm. if we're all like think about the worst moment of your life think about your heartbreak you could all go into there but if i say tune into universal love. We're like, huh, what does that mm-hmm. feel like? You know, so it's it's harder. It, it takes more work mm-hmm. to energetically get to, but you could create such profound works of art that also transmit that frequency of love. And I feel like that's really what the dharma of an artist is here to do, to use their art to raise consciousness. Mm-hmm.
1: But but what you're coming up with, which I love, Sahara, is the way to, the artist can preserve him, him or herself. And you're right. You can come from a place... Of beauty, rather than always pain, mm-hmm. and and why not be addicted to that? Not be addicted, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, it, you're really, it's really great, and especially where we have a generation of artists,
4: mm-hmm. you know,
1: coming up. Predominantly, I see the, you know, as everyone in some way, shape, form wants to be in the arts. So that's really great advice.
4: Yeah, I feel like TikTok in a way has really like fostered this artistry in Generation Z because you know, last year was a series of many, many difficult and unfortunate events. But every time I would go on TikTok, I was just amazed by the way they would find humor and laughter and art and nuance and everything that was happening and even share information through that form. Mm -hmm. And I think in a way it's rewarding people to get creative with their expression versus like on Facebook and Instagram, it could be very telling rather than showing.
0: You know, we just realized Kevin shits on TikTok a lot. Um,
1: I don't listen. My, my things are <laughs> no. We can talk about it here too. Is that you know? I got in this. Me and um, Kelsey had this discussion when she mm. was telling me how her, her generation. One thing about us is we're so creative. And look at everything we do on TikTok, and I'm like, well, I think we've always been creative for the past 2,000 years of modern civilization. I can point, you know, but I took her to my basement to see, you know, guys that were crawling in at one and a half feet of mud and dirt. And I've worked under there myself too in my own house. But I'm like, where are these people? Because your generation, like, yes, TikTok to me is great. So, I, but, but it's a reward. It's, it's. I work for my art, and I just think we've gotten away from you know, celebrating work in those missions. You know whether mm-hmm. whether it's helping people through your trade or your you know it, it's not all about writing a symphony or doing a great TikTok. So, so I, you know, I don't want to like monkey wrench any of this, but it's like Kelsey's giving me this look like see, and I'm like no, I stand I'm my like, ground. Yes, no, but I you had a new TikTok realization after you shovel snow.
0: But I had a new realization. What is your First of all, you're just projecting your own uh, anger. Yes, I am. On now, everybody this, is else. Yes. This, <laughs> this is my shadow side. Yes, this
1: is my shadow archetype.
0: If I can't just do my own <laughs> art, then you can't either. You, no, no. like you got work
1: for your art. That's no. what I'm saying. So I, I, do your plumbing work and then make your TikTok. I understand where Kevin's coming yeah. from.
0: Let me let me translate his yes. anger. Rebuttal. His anger is that everyone just wants to be a star now. Nobody wants to work. And he's like, look at these people who literally are the salt of the earth, who keep the world going round. And we don't appreciate them, but it's like, oh, you're a TikTok star. Let's give you the moon and the stars. That's Hola. what he's saying. But what I just had come to me yes. in the moment where you guys are talking I about this, get out of here was um that the creativity, because I would go to TikTok during this whole pandemic for happiness. It just made me happy yep. to see people mm-hmm. being happy and fun. And everyone's and, very
3: supportive on there. Very yeah. supportive.
0: And and I'll say, um I created a show based on me um challenging Julianne and Derek Huff to dance battles around the holidays and we would do these back and forth dance battles and then Kate Hudson got involved and the Kardashians got involved everyone was doing it and it was like this crazy fun thing that led to me you know creating the show for ABC called Dance Battle America which i believe is the prelude to TikTok because then everyone was doing these dance battles and basically all of that whatever but what i realize about TikTok the beauty of what TikTok is doing is almost like the tech revolution right? Mm -hmm. Like this is going to advance us in another arm of the world really, really quickly because so many people are seeing that they are more creative than they thought and they're getting the reward for it. So then they'll be able to create solutions, create inventions. I know you're probably laughing at me right now, but I do believe um, the creativity that's coming from there is going to create more things that we need. I
1: hope you're right. I, listen, what I like about I it. Know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm articulating
0: like. it perfectly. No. As a first time mom of the baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps a bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> Minus the sweet chili. I'm trying to if, like no, words to my feeling. I think
1: you're right. If they can keep taking those steps, if they can get off the dopamine high of all the likes they're getting for what they're putting out, and then transfer mm-hmm. that into something practical, more a little more practical. But I, I agree. I, what I also like about it is it amuses people, it entertains people, it's pushing people to be more creative. I also like the fact that in Hollywood, it's cut out all the middlemen because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the middlemen, in, you know, Sahara that blocked all these people. And either gave jobs to their friends or people they thought were talented, which half the time or probably three quarters of the time, they don't know you know, what works and what doesn't work. So I love the fact that we're leaving it to the people to decide they see mm-hmm. something really cool and they yeah. like it. And, and that I love is, is the artist having more power. So I, I love that again, but just everything is with balance. That's all. And
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, so.
0: Sahara, any thoughts and comments on that before we move on to <laughs> the yeah. entrepreneur?
4: I mean, I a hundred percent see all, all perspectives of it. And I think the gift of TikTok is that we can get it out there so much faster. So in real time, you know, Every single day of 2020 felt energetically very different. And still even today, it 100% does. So you could really speak to what people are feeling this week, given what is happening in the world right now. So just the, the tones, the the sounds, the way that people were showing up shifted so much. So in a time that people felt so separated, it created the sense of community that we're all going through this thing together. And we all have this mutual talking point to base our references on, especially for young high school kids who are out of school right now and don't, you know, get to pick up on the high school dynamic and humor Mm -hmm. and culture that is created in the classroom in a way TikTok has been a replacement for it now is anything a replacement for in-person communication no however the alternative would be for them to just be sitting alone and you know maybe they'd be shoveling their snow but shoveling your snow has a different you know a different reward or a different tangibility to it i think the point of tiktok is social commentary above everything and i also completely judged it before i was on and i was like these like dances they're barely even moving like they're not even real dancers but when you realize just how much effort and thought does go into even a 10 second clip, it does make you appreciate the creativity mm-hmm. so much more and I think every generation has felt this way about the younger people of they're not working as hard as we did. Or, you know, back in the day people had to like go out and fetch water, right? They're probably like, screw you, you got plumbing. You have yeah. it so easy. And like that's <laughs> what's forever gonna keep happening. True. So I think, you know, there's always gonna be those artists who are gonna use oil and cannabis, and there's gonna be those artists who are looking at innovation and technology and using that as their form of art.
1: I like that. Except, you know, back in the day you'd have people like my mother using her oil and Water or, or acrylics on Sundays in a corner of her room, not seven mm-hmm. days a week, living in their parents' basement and never having a another job to make the money. Whatever. What am I saying,
0: honey? Hello? Sorry.
1: No, <laughs> I, 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 I do not. no. On no, no. I, this is my, <laughs> so, I TikTok, so I, where we
0: like take his mic down. He's I killing appreciate.
1: The vibe. The, I know, and I do. I I follow a lot of the people. I love. Any, you know I actually what love say, what I see.
0: Anytime I did a TikTok and I showed him, he goes, "You." you did this super creative and meanwhile i was it wasn't even giving it any real attention and he was like wow that was that was really cool and i was like oh
3: thanks well that and you know and i said it earlier but sahar i don't know if you agree i feel like personally tiktok out of every social media platform is really positive just pure like people will no but people are actually hyping one another up versus instagram's like The the, Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're so this. No, versus TikTok's like, this is amazing. You're awesome. Like, I don't know. That's how I feel about it when I go on there. So I like that element of it, especially like teaching our younger generation. Like, no, it's more than what meets the eye. Okay.
0: Dharma, Dharma, (laughs) not TikTok. Moving on. (laughs) Entrepreneur.
4: Yes. So the entrepreneur archetype is here to bring solutions to the world's problems. So they're going to really go through life looking at things that are wrong and how can we create a tangible solution for it? So let's say we wanted to help the environment. You know, the visionary might give a talk of how we're all connected to earth and Gaia is within us and, you know, really inspire us. The teacher may teach us about CO2 emissions and how we can reduce them. Now, the the entrepreneur would say well let's look at one aspect of the environment okay plastic straws let's create a business that has bamboo straws and increase it in the marketplace by 20 percent. so by year 2030 we have 30 percent of market share and here's our business price for it here's our team for it here's our marketing plan and create something that's really sustainable so that's really how the entrepreneur sees the world it doesn't want to just do things for the sake of doing it it wants to be able to see what are the results from this so it's a much more analytical and organized way of seeing the world a bit more of that masculine energy though both female and men can have it but really wants to be able to track something and knows that In order for it to be sustainable, there needs to be some sort of revenue coming into it so you can hire a team and continue to grow and scale it. So, you know, there's so many great examples of entrepreneurs from anyone that's been on Shark Tank before to Gary Vee and so many of these different entrepreneurial speakers, Marie Forleo and... I feel like the past, you know, 10 years or so has really been about for so many people being an entrepreneur and learning about that side to themselves, though entrepreneurs have always existed in society and there's so many different forms of them and we need them to continue to innovate and bring new products to the market. Now, the shadow of the entrepreneur is work-life balance for them will be very different than any other archetype because what they do is such a continuation and expression of who they are. So... Someone might say, oh my God, you're such a workaholic because you're still on your laptop and it's 9 p.m. But the entrepreneur, in a way, their doing is their being. Productivity is often their meditation. When they're so engrossed with what they're doing, they're in alignment with their dharma. And I speak about the sacred doing. The sacred doing is when your being merges with your doing. So when you're so deep into your doing, you are being. And when you're so deep into your being that you cannot help but do. Ooh. So that's really the energy that the entrepreneur is often stepping into. It's when the practitioner and the practice become one, the writer and the words become one, the singer and the song, the dancer and the dance merge together as one. And this is really possible for, for everyone, regardless of your archetype, but with the entrepreneur. Oftentimes they really battle themselves of like, am I a workaholic? Am I obsessed about this? Like something's wrong with me for doing this. But oftentimes it's just a natural expression of what's coming through them. Does that mean they should just work forever? No, they are going to have their own boundaries, but it's going to be more seasonal. They're going to have some seasons that they're just all in and riding that, that entrepreneurial wave and other seasons that they need to step back and be in that sacred pause. So if you are that entrepreneur, feel what feels right for you and know that excitement are breadcrumbs guiding you towards your dharma. And if that excitement is there, the energy will be there. Wow, that sounds like you too, honey. Yes, it sounds like mm-hmm. you too, Kelsey.
0: Like the wow, the being really? and the doing, and the doing and the being. Yeah, because you live and breathe. That's true. I was show. thinking when
3: you when she said, so that, I was like, like yeah, that oh, that's like Kelsey. Me.
0: And when you're doing it, you're totally in alignment
3: because it's everything that you believe. believe. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's so cool.
4: interesting. I love that. I want to hear too, Sahara, about the the nurturer. Yes. So the nurturer's dharma is really to care and connect. They're here to dive deep with people, to understand them, to hold space for them, to listen to them. So they often go into working one-on-one with people, coaching, therapy, nursing, social work, something that they could really be connected to the people that they are helping. So Oprah is a really great example of the nurturer. You know, why do we love her so much? Even when she's at the Staples Center with tens of thousands of people around her, she sits on her chair next to another person and says, honey, what's really going on? And just allows that person to go so deep into their own truth. And that's that gift of the nurturer. You know, You know, juxtapose it with Tony Robbins. He'll get on that stage with the warrior energy and be like, clap your hands and stomp your feet and beat your chest and like get everyone fired up. I mean, he literally has people walk on fire. That's very much of that warrior mind over matter energy. Whereas the nurture is much more, let me hold your hand and listen to you and hold space for you and nurture your way into your evolvement. So a lot of times motherhood brings us deeper into this archetype, um, but for some people, it's always naturally been there. So if you are a nurturer, just know you are meant to use this gift to care and connect with people and you should be using it in some sort of way in your career because you'll feel really disconnected from yourself when you don't feel connected to others. Mm -hmm. Now, the shadow aspect of it is sometimes you may have lack of boundaries. Knowing how much your care is needed, that you want to be there for everyone, that it feels really difficult for you to say no or to... Turn that same care and attention onto yourself. So for that nurturer to nurture themselves, to give themselves what they need and know that they'll be able to give more fully when their own cup is full.
3: Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep.
4: Yeah. yeah.
3: That really resonated with me. Mm-hmm.
4: Totally. Mm-hmm. That's so you, but I, I
0: understand, I feel that as well. Yeah. So for the person who's hearing this and they're feeling a lot of these different things, how do you explain mm-hmm. that?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. So we're all nine of these archetypes in varying amounts. You're not just one.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So when you do the assessment in my book, you're actually going to be ranking them in order. So you may be primarily teacher, secondarily nurturer, thirdly artist, activist, et cetera. Now, I tend to find that your top two archetypes really stay with you throughout your life. So if you were you know, born a teacher or born an entertainer, which is another one we can speak into, that's probably going to stay with you throughout your life. Now, the middle ones tend to shift according to what's going on. So you may have just had children or had a family member fall ill, and that brings you deeper into your nurture archetype. However, does that mean that now that's your primary dharma? Not necessarily unless that was something that you were born with. So Ah. we tend to naturally as kids be that expression of who we are. And then life throws us different curveballs and different archetypes show up. Then we tend to have one archetype that's our least one. The one that we really don't want to do or get into. Maybe for someone, it's the entertainer. They really don't want to be on camera. Or for someone else, it's the warrior. They don't want to have confrontation. And that tends to be where your biggest work is. Because if you don't have balance in all of the archetypes, if you're not able to step into them, there's going to be kind of this hole in your pocket that's always going to be there. So, you know, for me, my last archetype was actually the warrior. I was like, I don't want to have a confrontation. I don't want to have awkward conversations. Like, I rather just let it go. It's not a big deal. However, until I was able to channel that inner warrior and speak up for myself and set those boundaries, I wasn't able to support my visionary and my teacher. So we got to be able to like play into the different Dharma archetypes, but that doesn't mean we have to be all of them equally at all times. Sometimes, you know, you're going to be more in your activist. Sometimes you're going to be more in your artist, but the true compass of who you are is going to remain with you throughout your life.
0: That's so important to understand, and I love it's the hole in your pocket. Damn, that's a good one. Okay, so we got the nurturer, activist, we'll the
4: inter-activist as and well. Then well. Yeah, do so- yeah. Um, the activist is here to bring about change, social, political, economical, financial. They're really grounded in what's going on in the world around them. So they're like, how are we gonna, you know, become one with the universe when the children are hungry and our environment is being destroyed and there's all of these very, you know, 3d problems happening in the world and their attention is really focused to that. So they're here for that reason to bring about this change. Marianne Williamson is such a strong example of this. She's really activist and visionary. So, you know, though she has this beautiful, you know, spiritual books and understanding, She brings that energy towards how are we going to make the world a better place? And that's what brought her into politics and writing so many books about the political landscape of the U.S. So that activist is really deeply rooted. It has the sense of responsibility of, you know, we're here on this earth taking up space and resources. So it's our duty to give back. So in many ways, 2020 was the year of the activist. We got to see our own relationship with our inner activist. Is it really uncomfortable for us or were we... All in. And of course, we're also going to have different causes. For some people, that is animal rights. I know for you, that's a really big cause. For someone else, that could be the environment or our food system or um, child trafficking or so many different issues out there. But the activist is really going to come through that lens of being grounded by how we can create solutions. So the shadow aspect of the activist is. I know I have felt like this before, but we have that, we have that stereotype of the angry activist. You're putting out so much effort and so much energy into creating change and no one else is caring. No one else is even doing anything. In Mm. fact, they're annoyed or mad at you for caring so much. So it could feel like you're just kind of chipping away at this wall that's never going away and it can get you really resentful and really angry and burned out. So, so many activists in the space burn themselves out and then kind of give up on that side of themselves. So, it's important to always align your highest form of service with your highest form of joy. Because if you don't have both of these two entwined, it's not going to be sustainable. You know, we can all try to be of service in this way, but if we're not enjoying it and we're not truly passionate about it, it's going to fall through. And that's really what performative activism is all about. And, you know, we can just do things that we love, but when we're not really being of service to humanity, there's always going to be that void being there that only being of service can fill. So it's really bringing together these two things. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be your career, but maybe you spend your weekends while volunteering, or you donate to a cause, or you have some sort of way that you are still involved. And again, we all have our own inner activist. We can't say, oh, I'm not the activist, so good luck with society. Yeah. You know, we, we all have that activist within us. For some of us, it's our primary archetype, and that is what we do fully. And for some of us, maybe it's, it feels a little bit uncomfortable and weird. And again, it's that hole in the pocket that we get to work on.
1: We have neighbors, you know, here at Sahara, that it's so beautiful, that for, you know, older People from a different generation, and we just learned that they spend—I think—is it one day a week, Maria? That they clean the street. They yeah. go up and down the street and just pick no up way. trash. Norma.
0: Norma, no, no way. Yeah. No way. Were that, they the ones with the koi issue? <laughs> no, that's oh, no. that's in L.A. Yeah, those, okay. are,
1: the, those <laughs> are the bougie neighbors. Yeah. This is like this is more—you know—our uh, people, wow. down to earth. You know, but yeah. but, but but they go out uh, once a week, and I didn't even know that, and that inspired me to say, God, I want to like what that's so cool. Like, why not do that? Yeah. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. I think of like LA, my God, we have so much, you know, like well, if I did that once a week, which I might, it's just cool. And now that you said this, that service and joy coming yeah. together. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, you know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be going out and, and saving the whales. You don't have to be Greta uh, you know, Thunberg, mm-hmm. so I, I always mm-hmm. must pronounce that, but you can do it in microtransactions yeah. in these little ways. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool.
4: Okay. The entertainer, we're running out of time. Yeah, so the entertainer is here to make people feel laugh, cry, think, feel nostalgic. They want to give people an experience to be in a different emotional state. So they literally morph and shift. They're always reading the energy of the room and the space and in a way filling that void. So if you look at Jim Carrey, for example, such an entertainer, he's literally morphing and transforming into these different characters, but he's doing it in a way that causes us to see the world and question society in new ways, but we're laughing the whole time that you may not realize it. Sasha Baron Cohen is another great example. He's Ali G, he's Bruno, he's Borat, but really he's shifting the way that we see the world through entertaining us with these different characters. Mm. So the entertainer comes alive in mundane moments. Like, you know, when you're sitting in your car, like after a concert, you're stuck in your car in in that parking lot traffic, the entertainer in your car is gonna be like, let's do karaoke. Let me tell you the story. Let's do some skits. Like they love to have an audience around them and that's really what makes them come alive. So of course, many people in the entertainment industry, but it also could be just that person in your office that's always telling riveting stories or jokes or... Maybe you're someone that loves to make people laugh and you on the side, like learn stand-up comedy or do something to bring out more of that entertainer archetype. I think going back to TikTok, but that's like such a way that so many people are using their entertainer archetype. And like, let me just make this little skit that typically they may not have done or have the, the even thought to, you know, come up with. So that entertainer archetype is also ancient. We've always had entertainers in our society from the time of Shakespeare and the, the Greek theater and we need it. You know, life can be really mundane without entertainment. And I know that that is your background as well. So the shadow side of the entertainer, which I'm sure you've seen is feeling like you always have to be entertaining people to be loved, mm-hmm. feeling like you always have to be interesting or riveting or funny and wearing all these different masks that you don't know who you truly are within. So a lot of them don't know who they are outside of their characters and feel like they wouldn't be loved if they just show up as they are. Mm -hmm. And that can often lead into addictive behaviors. So that's why among entertainers, you often see drug abuse and alcohol addiction, exercise addiction and other forms of addiction because it's that numbness and that void within of I'm not enough as I am. And oftentimes, you know, and all of these different archetypes can come from childhood trauma, but it's often, you know, in my home, I felt like I had to be making people laugh to be able to, you know, combat the darkness of what the experience was. So oftentimes they feel like it's their responsibility to be the preserver of the energy for other people rather than just being able to be themselves. So if you are the entertainer, know your gift is to entertain. And even when you're not entertaining, you're still loved. So when, so good. when we had
1: Artie Lang, the comedian did a movie with us years ago. And I, and I forget when he, the, the minute he showed up at the door, one joke after another, like working so hard to entertain everyone, and I and I and I felt this, and I couldn't verbalize it like you, Sahar, because I don't have your training or your background. But now you've just made this really clear. This is someone with a terrible addiction problem, and and I remember just being like, "Poor, already, just relax, go sit in the corner, chill." Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't, you know what I mean? You 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 work mm-hmm. around the clock. You're always entertaining people, you know, and and, wh- then and within that week, yeah. was that
0: tragic incident
1: where he stabbed himself he multiple stabbed, times? Yes, and and and, and <gasps> sorry, may I? Uh, ask a question is with these archetypes, I think when we when we go to the extremes, so you were you talking about the extreme of the um entertainer, I'd like to go back to the nurturer because um you know, a lot of times our health is compromised when we go to these extremes. Or right? if you're an entrepreneur and you're a workaholic, right, you, you it'll manifest itself in so many different ways. But I know with nurturers, Maria's mom was a nurturer and you know, she has brain cancer. I've never thought that was a coincidence. We have Kelsey here, who's a big nurturer, and we have a major stomach issue going on with her, and I hope I'm not giving away too much information, Kelsey. No, you're can I? So, you know, and I, kn- I know they're tied, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's just so important to, I think once you recognize the archetype, is really getting to know that dark side, and if it goes to the extreme, it will, it will compromise you in health wa- mm. ways as well, physical health, Right.
4: Mm, absolutely. Our body is always speaking to us the physical symptoms of what is energetically manifesting and has been manifesting. Our body is actually the outermost layer that it's been happening for so long that finally now it's manifesting in in dense physical form. So we can see that and you know, even go through all of the archetypes of how different dis-ease shows up, but disease is dis-ease, it's disharmony from your natural state. So when you're forcing yourself to be someone that you're not, stepping too much into an archetype, trying to make yourself another archetype that you aren't, you're going to have that dis-ease. And if you don't address it, it will manifest into a physical imbalance. That's like Anita Morjani's story. Mm-hmm. That's
0: so Anita Morjani's story. If you haven't listened to that episode that I did with her, I did two episodes with her. That is a perfect example of it. Okay. So final question. We just learned about all the different dharmas. If you don't know still which ones are yours, obviously you can take the quiz and we can... Put a link to the summary, uh, link in the summary mm-hmm. for it, so you guys can take the quiz. I think it would be great because even though we started the conversation with being like, I don't know about these online quizzes; these are so hard. No, I'm whoa, like twenty whoa, whoa, whoa. different we things. Or
1: Steve and Lemieux. No, I felt like that too, <laughs> kid. A man in his 30s. No, no, no.
0: I I take a lot of these online quizzes, and every time I take them, Sahara, I'm always like, Well, I'm like fifty of these things. Which answer am I going to give? And then I have to pay thoughtful attention to it and say well, I guess I'm more of this one. So I'll go with this answer. Um, And that's where we talked about quiz buddies and you need a Mm -hmm. quiz buddy with you that really knows you, that will help you assess, oh no, this is, you're really just going to this one because you want to be more like this, but you're really this. So a good quiz buddy will help you. But after saying all of that, when you, you know, nail down what each of these dharmas really are, you're like, oh yeah, you kind of nailed me. So The quiz is very, very helpful. Um, Do you have any other advice for people to find their Dharma?
4: Yeah, so the quiz is a really great starting point. And I would read the full descriptions of each of the Dharma archetypes in the book because you may be surprised to find yourself or find a shadow aspect of yourself in a different Dharma archetype that you may not resonate with. And the one archetype we didn't get to, which I'll just briefly share so they're not forgotten, is the researcher. Oh yeah, I Steven, was it Stephen that mm-hmm. was the researcher? I think his yeah. secondary one was yeah, yeah. the was mm. the researcher. The researcher is going to be sitting in the corner, like you didn't say me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that researcher is here to understand deeply, to be curious about the world, to look at the details. And I feel like so often in our society, we just blindly share things. Of like, here is this thing I saw on Instagram, must be true. And the researcher is really going to be the you, one to go mm-hmm. into the data and and the analytics and the background of something so researchers can be both past focused or future focused so past focused researchers are really looking at history why the world is the way it is based on the past and future ones are really looking at where the world is going technology sciences um, data all of those types of things but really both of them are going through the details. So I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget them because the researchers are taking notes and paying attention. The <laughs> <So Yes, laughs> yep. researchers. My mom's a researcher. Um,
1: Definitely. Yes. Yeah. No. Very important.
4: Yes. So the researcher is, you know, Deepak Chopra, for example. He has the researchers as well as the visionary and teacher. But even through sharing his spirituality, it's very much science oriented. How can I prove this with research? Dr. Joe Dispenza, super researcher of how can I show someone with all of this research and analysis and data and facts that meditation actually works. So that's going to be the unique way the researcher sees the world. So if you're listening to all of these and you're like, I feel like sometimes I'm a researcher, but sometimes I want to do art. Like, do I have to choose one? Again, take the full assessment. You're going to be able to see what are the orders of your different archetypes. And then moving forward from there, I have a process called the Dharma Blueprint Process. It's it's in the book, it's the next chapter. But essentially you're going to put together these five different categories, your Dharma archetypes, the mediums that express through you. Is it writing, speaking, dancing, singing, you know, research, creating things with your hands? What are the mediums coming through you? What are you excited about? Because again, excitements are breadcrumbs guiding us towards our dharma. What are obstacles you've overcome or helped someone else overcome? And what is your superpower, your unique way of seeing the world? So you put together these five different elements and it gives you a really clear understanding of what your dharma is. And I provide different examples so you could see it. Okay, I could look at this person's dharma blueprint and see how they're showing up in the world. And it really gives you a stronger sense of your own.
0: I love it. I love the book. And Sahara, I have to just say that you um, are amazing. And you just keep like leveling up your amazingness. Mm -hmm. Like you just are, are so eloquent. And you're so great at teaching all of this. And you can just feel how much it is you. And I just I love it. And I loved watching your journey. um, And and having you here, I think, um, I think you have so much that you're sharing with the world and mm-hmm. uh, and with us. And like I said, I have so many marked pages in here and so much more. So we'll hopefully be able to do another episode at some point because yeah. there's so much more to get to. Let's but... do a heal event with her. Excitements. Yeah. Oh bre-
3: yeah, let's do an Ayurvedic heal event. Yeah. I'll reach out, Zahara. That'll yeah. be so but much fun. Excitements yeah, we have...
1: are breadcrumbs leading us to our dharma. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's really it for somebody who's you know confused and has multiple things going on. Like what gets you... Excited. What lights That's you up? It's like resonance
0: and dissonance, right? <sighs> like you can talk about it in so many different ways, but it's like, whatever's lighting you up, like go down that path, follow those breadcrumbs. This
1: is, this is so mm-hmm. great. Sorry, I, I, I third everything Maria and Kelsey are saying about you. It's uh-huh. really wonderful.
4: Oh, well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's always such an honor and pleasure and so much fun to be here. I'm always so excited and I'm so grateful that our dharmas brought us together. And I'm so excited to see the aha moments that listeners experience and where it takes them and Mm -hmm. the domino effect that living your dharma really has. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. Of
0: course. So if you guys um, take the dharma quiz, which we will put everything you need.
1: I'm telling you, this is so cool because we're in such a period of transition as you know so everyone is now going hey what what what, yeah. re, what really am, what are we doing here what am i doing here mm-hmm. yeah. and uh yeah i'm i'm in i'm gonna be giving you my updates like this is really yeah cool.
0: i want everybody to share with us on um on social or wherever you find us at this point you yeah. can find us in DM. the youtube comments you can <laughs> yeah. dm us i want to know what your dharmas are and Um, Do you feel like you're living them or do you feel like now this is going to push you to live them more? Mm. And I think that would be really cool to get to hear from everybody. The book is called Discover Your Dharma. It's available wherever books are sold. Um, The quiz is going to be linked in here and you can find Sahara on Instagram at IamSaharaRose. And thank you so much.
4: Thank you for having me today.
0: All right. She's amazing. She's such an angel. She is so, like, just like grounded. Knows her her stuff. Yep, yep. Is is she's just again? This is when
1: I believe in angels, Mary, because angels speak through all you guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you see like a twenty-one-year-old, even like Stallone to write Rocky at like twenty-nine. Mm-hmm. Like, how, Insane. You, how, you, and that's old, older per se, but like when you see we, Kelsey and I were talking about some of these young. There's a young singer. I think she was 20, and this beautiful song. I'm like, how would she be able to tap 17. into... Seventeen. Yeah. Like, Seventeen. How would she tap into the, yeah. this experience, this yeah. emotion? So, I, yeah, I just think...
0: What I love, my Sahara favorite, just, favorite thing that she said, hmm. basically, and I'll encapsulate it in my way, but is, stop trying to force something that isn't you. Yep. Right? And I do that a lot, where I'm like, why... Why am I not more like that? Why am I not more like this like you I do, have, actually don't do yeah, that. I do I have those internal discussions sometimes Not with me well, not with you because
1: to <laughs> me, you're the standard of like just you're the one well, maybe because you know you're like that, but then you will tell me you Kathy, are though I agree
3: with Kevin take I am your foot off the pedal, meaning you you are so you, yeah, like yes, you're very you're agree. like
1: I'm doing my, like listen i'm 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 going where my heart is now I'm Helping people. I mean, you might internally feel like that, but you know, externally, I'm like that, and everyone else is. And you're the one like, "Hey, stop, man! Just mm-hmm. whatever you're doing is fine." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Maria? Like, I'm glad like you're you think you're like that, but you actually you, you're you're one to teach and guide us to say, guys, like, come on.
0: You're- well, I guess then maybe I think in like kind of like lower moments, I'll be like, Got it. frustrated with myself and say, well, why why don't I know more? I should study more. I should read more. I should be, I should have a better vocabulary. Like I get like, I get like that sometimes where, where I'm like, well, how come like that person is, is doing that. And how come I can't do that? And like I'll just say that stuff to myself sometimes. I but. N-
1: literally never hear you, especially about <laughs> other people. I never hear you say that. And in fact, it's Stage Dad who's who's Stage Dad, Stage Dad who's always going like, up, this one is this?" When you're like, you're actually genuine, authentic, and you care. And the, yeah. y- you're not like that, Maria. You're like, "Nah." Eh. I don't. I think mean, you can are I either. tell you how many t- how many battles I've had to just to get Maria's name? Uh, in the title of a show mm. with Maria Manu. Like, I don't like, care. I know like, <laughs> you <care>. don't. <laughs> I don't care. I'm
3: like. I, I
1: really don't. Yeah. Really don't. So anyway, Maria, no, you're pretty good about Thanks, being babe. you. And I think that's, what's really special. And the rest of us need that lesson. And
3: you know what else you're really good at too? Cause I have heard you say things like that before, but you shift out of them in like two seconds. So yeah. You're like, mm. why, why didn't I get that? Or do, why am I not doing that? And then you're like, eh, okay, well, I'm going to keep <laughs> doing my thing. You are, you're so good at shifting. And I'm always like, Thanks. I yeah, damn. shifting is something
0: that i've really really worked on in yeah. the last four and a half so, years it's really kind of good. a greek thing
1: well greeks are pretty solid with you know no, certain cultures like, that are like yeah we're good
0: yeah yeah maybe i just love the word shift because i just might like, great word you get zinged and then you're like mm, let's go this way let's shift <laughs>
1: okay yeah the shift thing has been helping me with like going to positive thoughts over negative yeah.
0: Mm. Why would you waste your day? I I I Oh my God, you've wasted so a much time. <laughs> yeah. You've wasted a lot of time. Like anytime he's going down that rabbit hole. Stephen, how did you feel about your um descriptions that that she gave you for your dharmas?
2: I thought it was interesting because as like the researcher, I definitely see the fact that like I have to know what's going on and, and it kind of pushes me to kind of sit in the corner and examine as opposed to be involved like the warrior. Cause like with the warrior, I can do that. And that's what Kevin calls Russell Wilsoning basically like the warrior is Kevin's Russell Wilsoning of situations. <laughs> but for me, it's like, I don't want to have to be the warrior all the time. Like it kind of is like super draining for me to have to be the incentive behind everything right so as the researcher it's like nice for me to be like okay well i want to learn about this so let's go learn about this and let's figure out that and then as as the researcher develops i have those solutions from the things that i've just kind of studied and tinkered with without needing some kind of motivation or incentive behind it but then with the entrepreneur it's like okay i have all that how do i make money with it like how can i take this to create a feasible product to develop economically with these skills that I've developed as the researcher. You see, I think people are really really set up for failure when they're the entrepreneur, but then they're the artist because (laughs) it's really hard to make money on your art.
0: (laughs) But you were not the artist. You were the researcher and the entrepreneur. Which is
1: one of the most brilliant paths to entrepreneurship because they always say about planning, Stephen, and research, you know, like um, you've seen me just always just jump in and it's been mixed results. Mm, So it's really cool that... you you know this about yourself well
0: this has been the longest episode that ever happened so i'm (laughs) gonna wrap this show right now um if you guys haven't joined us on patreon um we are really excited about what's going on over there aside from the extra shows and the ad free shows we are doing these amazing workshops so for ten dollars a month at that tier and we have lower tiers as well but at that tier, you can be a part of the workshops. And what's cool about that is you have exclusive access to the guests that we have on the show. We will talk to Sahara about doing a, a workshop yes. with her for sure. Um, and we are just so loving our Super Heels Squad there. So come join us, be a part of the Super Heels Squad. You can click the link tree in my Instagram at Maria Menudos or Better Together with Maria while you're there. Hit a little follow for us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't um, given us a review on... Apple Podcasts. We would love it. It really helps people to know um, what you're getting from the show and and how it's impacting you. And we have some new ones that we'll read this week. Each week, we'll read them. Um, If you haven't gotten the medical manual or the life manual that has been provided in my newsletter, sign up at mariamenunos.com for the newsletter And we always make sure that it is of value to you. I am not going to just send you stuff that um, isn't valuable. And that's why they just come out when they're inspired and there's actually real value for you. But the medical and the life manual is so huge. Um, You will fill it out. And the Life Manual, you'll keep a a hard copy in your kitchen, and you can literally, at a moment's notice, just grab it, find the plumber's number, find the DirecTV account number, which we're kind of migrating away from DirecTV, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Find the Roku pin. Roku. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, the Medical Manual, you know, if you're in a situation like we were, where we weren't home and my mom had to be rushed to the hospital... Someone that is there can rip out the page with my mom's medical information, her allergies, her medications, everything listed in there that you can hand over to the EMT. Boom, they've got everything. Or all those boring calls that you have to deal with where they're like, can I have your this? Can I have your that? It's all there and easy for you. You don't have to go looking for it and searching for it. You keep digital copies as well. But this is my gift to you. I worked really hard to put it together so that you could have um, a much easier existence when it comes to Mm. health crises. And you can get that at mariamenunos.com. Again, sign up for uh, the monthly newsletter and it will be there for you. Uh, If you loved this episode with Sahara, check out episode number 22, where we talked all about Ayurveda and also uh, your seven chakras. Mm -hmm. Was that in the same episode? I think there were two different episodes. No, it was the
3: same one. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Well, how to balance your chakras. It's the
3: first Sahara episode.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. In the meantime... Thank you to all of our heel yeah, Squad I members. We have a question
3: for you, for honey. You, I'm sorry.
1: I've listen got to, to end
0: me. this show. Right, this my is very eyes important. are twitching. Okay, I'm exhausted. Well, listen,
1: I, I, you're going <laughs> to be for letting the down. Love you're going to let down your fans. You're going to let down the heel oh Squad. My God. Now. Regular guy fries. My Fridays. face is twitching. Please <laughs> tell me. Regular guy fries. Is this a Patreon show, he or is love this me. is show for everybody? So we're really, Fridays. Everybody. It's for everybody. Well, I, we wanted our. He our doesn't love me. I'm like you. in so
0: much pain. I got to end. I love you guys. <laughs> Follow us at Better Together with Maria. I am Sahara Rose at Kels Meyer That's Stephen Lemieux photo. Remember, be nice people. Make good choices. I'm slurring and.
3: Be, Be present.
0: Present. I say I don't even know my own title. Be so present. I'm totally freaking melting down. <laughs>
3: we love you guys. Ugh, Peace.
0: <sighs> hey, Heal Squad. We have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it. And we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself, spread the message, and share the show